Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. It is always good to start the day with you. We are minus one in the studio. Normally, there's four of us around the table. Today, it's only three. It's myself, Russ Herman from Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Ryan Hempel from Treasure Valley RPCNA. Yep. Thank you. And Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church. Good to be here. Sorry we're missing someone. We'll, we'll try to make many. it all work. So we are post Thanksgiving. We we physically aren't because we record a little oh, bit early. Yes, yes. But but our show will come up. But you're hearing this on a Monday and I love Thanksgiving. I actually also love um, Christmas, but not a lot of the hoopla that attends Christmas from our society. You asked us around the table before (laughs) Thanksgiving. You you asked us individually what we were thankful for. We weren't, you know, and you said uh, the answer you're not waiting to hear was the one that said God and salvation. What are you? What were you thankful for? For me, it's it really is to borrow some of what you guys said, and maybe it's just as I get older, I think about it more. But just how really a combination of family and church family, yeah, and a healthy mind and body to enjoy it. So really, I'm borrowing from all three of you mm-hmm. <laughs> that when you're young, you kind of take all of it for granted. Mm-hmm. At least I did. Of course I'm healthy. Of course I have a good mind. Of course my family's around. Of course I have a church. But then you see the dysfunctionality and the brokenness of the world and you realize, oh, I can't really take those for granted. Mm -hmm. There are homes that are not great. Mm -hmm. There are churches that there's so much turmoil. There's brokenness in the human body. And you realize, no, if you have these things, they truly are things to cherish, to value, to to just be thankful to God for his goodness because we don't deserve them. Mm-hmm. But he's so gracious that he gives good gifts to his children to enjoy. And so hopefully last week you you took time to pause and think about all of, as Jonathan had said, count your many blessings, name them one by one. And I think being intentional about it is is so vitally important. I do. There was a family that used to be in our church and moved away, but uh, the father would always ask when they'd sat down to uh, dinner, uh, "What are you thankful for?" That was the question that started um, mm-hmm. their discussions at the table, and you know that's that's a good place to begin mm-hmm. uh, things. Yeah. And today we're kind of wrapping up our two series. So we were talking about Ligonier State of Theology. We began a, a series, just a mini-series on thankfulness, and today both of them come to a close, and we're looking at Luke 10.20 and the theme of eternity, and Luke 10.20 says, 
Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And then he concludes, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So we talked last week about this idea of hope and what the sure hope of the child of God is, that there will come a day in which we will trade time for eternity and that all of what happens here, the the difficulties and the trials, the hardships, the suffering, none of that, Paul would say, is worth comparing to the eternal weight of glory that awaits the, the children of God. And here Jesus says, you're all excited about the fact that evil spirits are listening to you. No, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Why is that so important, that corrective by Jesus for his disciples? Well, part of, part of it is uh, you know, we have a tendency to only live for the here and now, and that's, and, and that's a tendency that all of us have. You, know, you mentioned earlier that when you're young, you think that you know, this is just the way it is, that you, know, you, you have these things, you just, you're actually living in the present moment. But I, I do think that uh, you know, there is something, there is a blessing to the aging process. And part of it is you know, a reminder that, you know, it's, you know, some, I think the old song said, you know, um, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. And it's not simply what's done for Christ, but what Christ has done for us that lasts. <coughs> mm. And what Christ has done for us that lasts is he has promised us uh, and he, that he will be with us forever. Mm-hmm. He has promised us eternity. Already, eternity has been put in our heart. You know, that's what it says in Ecclesiastes. We have eternity in our heart. None of us really wants to think about you know, think beyond uh, this world oftentimes, but that's what um, we're called to do. Um, we're called to live in light of eternal truth. And, and when we look through, you know, the disciples and their understanding, even what Jesus was doing among them, you know, they 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 weren't alone in this in this thinking that he was coming or the Christ would come to set up an earthly kingdom at that time. They even ask him at some point in their ministry of, or in his ministry of, okay, when are you going to restore the kingdom? Like, is now the time? And one of the things that, you know, if you consider this comes in the context where Jesus has sent out 72 of his disciples, he's given them this power and authority. They've come back with joy and he's giving this, this corrective because I think the natural inclination, you know, is what we all have. And we're looking at the here and now we're looking at this life and, his disciples may have thought, "All right, now's the time. Like it's it's starting. We're we're gonna be powerful in this new kingdom." And Jesus is warning, "Like don't put your focus here. It's to be in the age to come." I'm gonna try to tie a couple of things together, and we'll see. It might not work, and so then you guys might have to just clean up the mess. <laughs> but this whole idea of we're rejoicing, our names are in heaven. Two questions from the State of Theology um, survey of Ligonier. One was, it's very important for me personally to encourage non-Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. So it's important that I evangelize to encourage people to trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then the second question is, only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior 
receive God's free gift of eternal life. Mm -hmm. Jesus here in Luke 10 is saying, don't rejoice that you cast out demons. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. It's interesting that in the Sermon on the Mount, near the end of the sermon come what I think are some of the most haunting words Mm. in all of Scripture, where Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will come, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Hmm. And you have this interesting connection between Luke 10 where the disciples are saying the demons even obey. And you've got this haunting refrain in our Matthew 7. You say you cast out demons, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm -hmm. So how important is it that we encourage people to trust in Jesus Christ and why does that matter based upon all that we're talking about? Well, the Ligonier statement is getting to you know, how important is it for you to tell your friends about Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that you, this is an important, this is so important because there's no other name under heaven by which we're saved. Uh, Jesus says, no man comes to the Father except through him. You know, so there's a, you know, there's an exclusivity in the message. There's a, there's an inclusivity because um, he would, that he, he's going to drop people from every tribe and nation and tongue. So there's a there's a sense in which it's inclusive. It's a message that is addressed to whatever social status, whatever part of the country, whatever part of the, the universe a person lives in, you know, this is a this is the gospel message. That's so important that we get that right. You know, and, and I think it's important that we do away with the saying share the gospel, and when necessary, use words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, it, it, it is always necessary to, to use, use words, words because yeah, they need to, to know the right. person and work of Jesus Christ. And how are they going to know that from your how, life? Yeah, and how will they know it Like without a preacher? You know, Paul says in Romans, though someone proclaiming yeah, what how beautiful on the feet yeah. are those that bring good news, and and so there is a, a beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those that bring good news. There is a, a, a necessity to sharing this gospel, and um, you know, in fact, the you know probably the verse that people will remember is the one that sometimes you see uh, written on uh, you know on signs at ball games, and that it's John three sixteen. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the important, this is, you know, there is no, that, you know, that's why it's important to share the mm-hmm. gospel with, with others. When we go back to the passage that was read, you know, rejoice, not that spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, this is, you know, this is the comfort that we have, that we're not our own, that we belong to a faithful Savior who's fully paid for all of our sins mm-hmm. um, with his precious blood. And, and we're told, and Jesus would comfort, you know, would comfort you know, his disciples. You know, he, he'd say, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me 
the he that believeth in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Eternal life. That's the that's the focus. You, I mean, if that's your, you know, we can be happy about little things, but eternal happiness is ours through Jesus Christ. And in that, you know, I agree. And like one of the most terrifying passages of Scripture in Matthew seven. There, it's there's a companion one also in Matthew twenty five, mm-hmm. and um, in Matthew seven, you know, those that are saying that at the end of time. You see in Jesus' instruction, they were putting their trust in what they had done. Mm -hmm. They were relying on, I've done this, I've done that. And they did not have a relationship with Christ. They didn't Mm -hmm. know him. Now, in 25, Jesus kind of gives the opposite side of the coin. People proclaim that they have a relationship, but yet their lives are not showing and backing up that profession. And so what we, we, taking them the two together, the foundation is we need to know Jesus mm-hmm. and uh, his knowing him and having him as our Lord and Savior is the groundwork and what we have to rest on his promises, not what we have done. Yeah, it's what he's done. Mm-hmm. Well, you have been listening to the Gospel for Life. Thank you for beginning the day with us, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>